Okay, great, great, great. All right, good to see you all out uh, on our first session. And um, I'm sure, I hope that you can join us throughout. I know it's, it's ongoing. So I won't be repeating everything every day. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, you know I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, that's where I've lived since the 1980s. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and I've been, I just got tired of cold weather. I lived in Ohio, I lived in Michigan, I lived in New York, and that was just enough snow. I said, I'm coming south, and I won't go anyplace else. Uh, I have been in this uh, line of work since GC 2010 in Atlanta. Did anybody come to GC 2010 in Atlanta? That was a good session, too. Did you go to GC uh, San Antonio? Anybody go to San Antonio? Oh, that was great. That was really a great, great place to be. And uh, this is a full-time ministry for me. I, I, uh, I served the last nine years as the general superintendent of the Atlanta Berean Church. And if any of you ever been there, it's a large church. About 2,000 people come out every Sabbath. So our Sabbath school department had to service about 500 people, children and adults, every Sabbath. And, it's a, and we take what we did very serious. Like it, it just wasn't on automatic pilot. It was... How can we make what we're doing meaningful? So that's a little bit about my background. I'm going to cover this week. We're going to talk about, let me, let me say it this way. Generally, I, my, I don't feel my job is to tell you how wonderful Sabbath school is. That's not what I'm going to do. In most churches, Sabbath school is declining. And in some churches, it's almost dead. It's on life support. So my mission is to give us some strategies to reverse that trend. How are we going to get people to come out? People don't come out anymore. Uh, at 9.15 in most churches, it is strictly senior citizen hour. You won't find anybody there under 50 in most churches. I hope some of you are an exception. But if Sabbath school is going to survive, we're going to have to make sure that what we are offering people is worth their time. Now, I'm from the generation where you had to go to Sabbath school. There were no other options in life, right? You just had to go. But now my daughter, who's in her 30s in that generation, they have other options, right? Like, so they just won't come because it's Sabbath school. They have to find some meaning. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about the program we offer every Sabbath. And we're going to talk about how to facilitate in a way that is opposite of lecturing. All right, I'm going to really hammer that home. Now, I teach Sabbath school uh, frequently in a, a lot of different churches. I'm in a different church almost every weekend teaching Sabbath school. Recently, for the last, almost the last year, I teach Sabbath school in place of the 11 o'clock sermon. So the set of the sermon, the pastor getting up, I will get up and do the lesson study. And it's interactive. The whole church is involved and they absolutely love it. And we're going to talk about how to do that in a way um, that a, a stranger walking in off the street can participate in Sabbath school. I don't believe Sabbath school should be an SDA only event. We're the only ones know what's going on. We're only know what's talking about. So we're going to talk about some strategies. So you're going to need to take notes. You must have something to write on. Shelly will give out handouts as people come in. Uh, uh, but you will need something to write on. 
I have not been a note taker, so you got You haven't been a note taker. No, but I can start. That's, uh, yeah, you can start now or just keep it all in your head. That's okay. Uh, and uh, I will, we just got in this afternoon. We're going to spend a lot of time on the teaching techniques that I wrote about in this book. It will be at the ABC store. I haven't even got them over there yet, and, uh, but you can get a copy there, and I'll give some away as gifts. Now, how, how many are superintendents? Will will be for the first time? Are you excited? <laughs> Scared. <laughs> Scared, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I took over superintendent at Berean, I had no idea how hard it would be. No one told me. All I ever heard from anybody was what was wrong. They didn't, they didn't like this. They didn't like this teacher. The, the air conditioning was too cold in the church. It was just all kind of things. So uh, you have to survive all that. All right. Um, Okay, so you all have something to write on. And so about half this room are superintendents. Are you guys teachers? Yeah. I have been a superintendent. You have been a superintendent? Are you still teaching now, though? Are you a teacher? Sometimes I'm not consistent. Okay, teacher? Teacher. <laughs> teacher? Or now, what role do you play? I come from the Myrtle Beach Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh. We are a, what is it, elderly church. Okay. Yes. And so the superintendent had asked me if I would be, become a Sabbath school teacher. Now, a little background about me, not to take away. Okay, no, time. please. I've been around Adventism for 40 years. Yeah. I was just recently baptized. Amen. 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 So uh, I, know, I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough <laughs> to get myself into a whole lot of trouble. Okay. So when he asked me, and initially I said no. Uh, there's no way. I just, I just too much on my plate right now. Mm-hmm. The deacons are dropping like flies, and yeah, you know, you know, yeah. too many maintenance issues. So then I saw the brochure, and I and I saw it, and it intrigued me. I thought, okay, well, let me just stop by, okay, and see what it's like. Okay, and maybe I can tell my poor service. <laughs> You're gonna gain <laughs> some some things. Uh, I was telling the pastor, I was in a church in Detroit, Michigan, two weeks ago, and I did all day. Usually when I go to a church, I'll either do Sabbath school or the 11 o'clock service, and then we do three hours together in the afternoon. Uh, and their church was an elderly church. I mean, very elderly. And so the strategies to turn around that church are very difficult, and they were in a very impoverished area of town. But I will just say this, that, and we'll talk about this later, that in many churches, the key to growing our Sabbath school is to make sure our children's divisions are top-notch. Because the age that we want to attract, the, the 25, 35, 45, they're going to take their children to the best place. And so in some churches, it's an afterthought where we put our children. Hopefully none of your churches are like that. Hopefully you have well-decorated rooms and you have music playing and you have the snacks for the children and you have sweet uh, teachers waiting for the children to usher them in. That will go a long way towards growing Sabbath school. All right, I hope you all have something to write on. I just want to start with one question. And, uh, and here's this question that, that we have difficulty getting past. What is a successful Sabbath school? If I asked you, what are 
what are the ingredients, the characteristics of a successful Sabbath school? Tell me what it would entail. Excitement. It would have sight, excitement. excitement. So, excitement is good. Well attended. Well attended. That's a good sign of success, right? Attendance. Wait one second here. I know my chicken scratch. You won't be able to read on. On time. You're talking about the staff. <laughs> yeah. So at the very minimum, those who are a part of the Sabbath school team should be on time. They should be before time, right? And But we want the rest of the people to come on time, right? Uh, anybody else? Success. Interactive. Interactive. Outreach. I heard somebody say that. Outreach. And you know, as a, you know, we talk a lot about about uh, small groups. If a small group is not doing outreach, it really isn't the right small group, right? If all we're doing is sitting together during Sabbath school, we missed the point on that. Uh, as I was superintendent, all classes had to have a mission project. Every class, cradle roll, kindergarten, early teen, primary, juniors, and especially adults. We had to have that. All right, anybody else? More than just a lesson study. More than just a lesson study. So a successful class, more than a lesson study. Or what, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Oh, I love that how you put that. Personally, like like our generation, the older we get, uh, those of us with gray hair, we'll come and even come to that. We'll come to hear the same thing we already know that we've read at home, that we've been repeating to the same people who know it. But we cannot attract younger people like that if it doesn't have some meaning to it. If we're not having an aha moment like, oh, I never looked at it that way, chances are it's just going to be boring. So, so I don't know how to summarize what you said, but... Uh, but that's huge. It could be social. It could be in-house gatherings. It could be having school away from that class. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Anybody else, when you say successful Sabbath school, what would it be? Okay. Round seating arrangement helps with the interactive. Yes. And when it's theater style, it's saying this is where the focus is. This is the sphere of knowledge right there in front of us. Okay. And I know a lot of our churches just don't yeah. have the room, and we have it in the, the main uh, service set. And but seeing the backs of people's heads, yeah, it's I can never hear a good what thing. What they said in the back, and what people in the back can hear what you said in the front. Yes. Uh, and you raise an interesting point, and I even write about this in the book, that ideally we should have our chairs arranged so it, it, it fosters dialogue back and forth. And there are people, like especially new people, they want to become invisible, and so they like this kind yeah. of and, and, well, yeah, and some of us like that too. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I always say, I, I never remember, that I'm going to, like, tape money under the first roll of all my presentations, because generally, even us, we, we don't want to get on the front row. We're thinking, I might need to escape. I don't know how bad this is going to be, and uh, so I'm not sitting in the front row. 
But we definitely need to do that. In a lot of churches I go to, we, we use our church pews. And that, that's a challenge to, to have that kind of uh, exchange. Um, because there's nothing worse than going to a Sabbath school class and you can't hear what the guy on the end said. You're sitting there, you don't know what they're saying, and, and it's just terrible. And I'll, There's three classes in the sanctuary. That you can't hear. <laughs> when I took over as superintendent at my church, at Berean, it's a large church, I told you, there were 12 classes in the sanctuary. Oh, my. <laughs> so it was, just, it was just like a zoo. When you came in, you couldn't hear anything. You, all you heard was a buzz and uh, and and... We had to ask this question. Here's a, here's a question I ask all my Sabbath school leaders to consider. There's two questions. One is, why are we doing this, whatever we're talking about, and who does it benefit? Those are the two questions we have to always ask as we examine because we get on automatic pilot. We've been doing it this way for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. We don't even know why we do some things we do. Uh, but it was just pandemonium. So we decided, after surveying our church, talking as a team, to change that format. And I'll share a lot of war stories throughout this week. And it got very, it got very unpleasant. Uh, we don't like change. We just like change for other people, right? <laughs> oh, you should change until they tell you to change, and then all of a sudden it's not so pleasant. All right, anything else? When you say a successful Sabbath school, what does that consist of? Uh, we have some good things. Yes, sir? Uh, Sabbath school is all about Bible study. Bible study. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. But there should be discussion that will lead us into something to apply new, to apply to our lives. Oh, I love that. And so I think we need to ask appropriate questions to draw people out and come to those conclusions based in the Word. I love that. You're right on target, yes. Yeah, just to go further, when he says, if I always tell him, if I don't talk about Jesus, I don't need to be here. Okay. I mean, that's, so, that's yes. where it's where Yes, it's everything should go in that direction. Yeah, should I always be about Jesus? Yes, and in some, some Sabbath school classes, it, the direction is towards the teacher. Mm-hmm. They want to tell their life story, what their week was like, mm-hmm. yeah. what they're struggling with. Or they want to get into politics, or they want to get into Yeah, the yeah, those are, the and we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about some of the don'ts for sure, yes. Uh, I, I've been wanting to, in, my, in our Sabbath school, to, to make it informative. There's lots of ministries in the church. There's the prison ministry. Yeah. And and, and one of the things that really got me kind of concerned was there was a young lady who went to a, a, a non-Adventist mission service for a year, mm-hmm. and she was going to be working with these missionaries in all different countries. And I'm saying, after a year of living with Sunday-keeping Christians, is she going to be a Seventh-day Adventist, or what's she going to be? Mm-hmm. I'm saying the Sabbath school needs it's, it's the only time in the day when, when we could have other ministries and kind of let, oh. educate people yes. as to what, what, what is available for Adventists, yes. young people and older people and, and all kinds of ministries. I mean, the time between Sabbath school and church is not very much time for any ministry to present their, their thing. That's true. And I, I was hoping that we could have a kind of variety of, 
And probably one of the best ways to do that is to have them involved in a project, the different auxiliaries of the church. Uh, the Sabbath school is, could be the driving force for mission activity in the church. The Sabbath school. Could, and I'll tell you some of the things we did. We did a super Sabbath school day. We'll explain that throughout the week where we had to tie in with other people in the church to have a successful day. So here's some of the things you told me. That if, as you envision a successful Sabbath school, it would be excitement, there would be good attendance, uh, people would be on time, both staff and s- students. I Sometimes I hesitate to say students. Um, uh, members, okay, members of the class. Uh, it would be interactive. There would be outreach. It would be more than just reviewing what we know. It would have some social aspect to it. Uh, and uh, Bible study. Now, I told you I go to a lot of churches. I'm in a different church every week. Uh, yes, sir. I, I know I came in late. That's okay. I'm repeating, but I come from a Southern Baptist tradition. This is uh, Sunday school is the center of a Southern Baptist tradition. Oh, okay. You, you do not attend a class. You are part of a class. A visitor who comes in, they don't say, oh, here's the classes. You are assigned to class. When you I like come that. into the class, you are. Inter- I mean, you don't. You're not asked to introduce yourself. That's gauche. Okay. Some member gets to know you, and you're introduced to the class mm-hmm. by that member, and you and they want you to become part of that class. I love and it. That, and the class journey sits in a circle. Sitting classroom style is forbidden. But you know, to do what you say takes a commitment. That doesn't happen just because I say it's a good idea. No, the class class members all, Yes. they they buy into it because they know that's how the church grows. You're exactly right. Far more than evangelistic efforts, the Sunday school is the growth engine for many, and I'm thinking about big churches. Well, we used to say, we still say it. We don't live it much more, but we used to say the Sabbath school was the lifeblood of the church. Uh, those were the old days, right? Uh, I saw your hand. Yes, you were going to say? Well, I was actually pointing to him. Oh, okay, because I missed him. Okay, okay. Now, at, at most churches, you know none of this hardly ever happens. I was going to ask the question, is this how Alice got the wonderland? This is the idea Sabbath school. I'm going to tell you that the most and the most shocking part and we're going to spend some time talking on it, that as I visit these churches, I go to so many Sabbath schools where the Bible is never opened. Never once. We talk about the Bible. We try to quote the Bible. Uh, we turn to our quarterly page and read something out of the quarterly about the Bible. Why not use the Bible? So I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. I'm going to talk through this week about how to facilitate in a lively, engaging way that as a superintendent in my church for our main class, they could only teach Sabbath school with their Bibles. Period. No Sunday, Monday, because, you know, uh, we get upset if you don't get the Wednesday's lesson, right? (laughs) Even though we know what Wednesday's lesson is all about, we're just mad because we didn't get the Wednesday's lesson. So we're going to talk about to make sure that these things that we think are a part of being successful, why don't we accomplish that? And, we're gonna, and we're, I'm going to give you some skills and techniques to accomplish that. Um, 
There's a story in the Bible, and, and some of you scholars will know, uh, where Jesus always attract huge crowds, right? That was just, it, it was, the crowds were so large, one day he had to get into a boat. I believe, though I have no empirical proof, I believe that had never been done before. I think that's the first time it's been done. And I can just imagine there was somebody saying, you shouldn't be doing it this way. That's, that's not dignified. You should, you should be in a temple when you do things. You can't get into a fisher's boat. Uh, and, but there was another time where there was a huge crowd, and the disciples, I want to give, give them credit for this. They were being proactive. They said, listen, the people that have been here so long, there's no food to eat. Send the people so they can go get something to eat. I, I want to give them credit for that because they were thinking about the needs of the people. Jesus turned right to the, these disciples who he knew everything about them and told them to feed the people. Why would he do that? Somebody help me with that. Why would he? He knew they didn't have anything. Why would he tell them to do it? I need an answer on that one. Yes. I was attending a, a Sunday school a few weeks ago. Okay. A real Sunday school. It was on Sunday. He said because any saved person knows more than a lost person, and you you give them something, give them what you have. Jesus told. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. It's the same way today. How so? When we have a suggestion, we have to follow through with it. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> so they may, are you saying they should have kept their Bibles closed, maybe? Uh, I didn't say that. Well, again, why, why do you think he would ask them to do the impossible? Oh, no. What were you going to say? I thought you were wondering why he asked them to feed them. Yes, no. He, oh, I see. Okay. Well, I love that. I love, yes, sir. Some of the people have been out there for several days and had to yes. eat anything. They might faint on the way home. You yes. Get, you get hungry. You, you, <laughs> you have to eat. By the wayside. Okay. Uh, yes, I saw your hand. Testing your faith. Was he testing their faith? Yes. That's a good point. That's a big part of it. But um, he wanted them to experience uh, the feeding. To, okay. To get involved, to be excited what they can do for someone. Okay. Jesus, you know this whole process... Everything he did with the disciples, he was training them to be the leaders, right? They didn't even understand what was happening. But this was just another way of training them. And Jesus has a habit of asking us to do the impossible. He always asks us to do something out of our comfort zone. I, I don't know why. I wish he didn't do that. I wish he only asked me to do things that I felt comfortable doing. But I won't grow. And neither will I understand what he is able to do if I cooperate with him. Now, the only reason I'm telling that story is because when we look at Sabbath school, many times the challenges are overwhelming. It, it, the Sabbath school is dead. We can't attract people. Uh, we need teachers. We don't have help. But I believe that Jesus will give us the ability if we follow the format that he gave. Okay? Yes, give it to me quick. There's yes. The comment you're making about feeding the 5,000. Yes. There's one very critical thing. Uh, Jesus used the inadequate resources. Yes. And 
To his glory, to God's glory. Yes. And that's the point of it. And it will do the same thing for us. A lot of us, like my church, I told you, a large church, okay? We had the largest staff in the church, over 30 people on our staff. Just lower division, assistant teachers and staff and all. And I go to some churches where they just don't have those same resources. That does not mean you can't do big things for God because you don't have what we have at our church. That doesn't, God is not limited by the little bit we have. He's never been limited by that. Uh, the limitation is usually right here. I say we just, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, till I'm convinced we can't. And when I'm convinced we can't, we won't, because we're not going to even try. So let's, let's talk about how to do some of this. Okay, now, I told you you have something to write with. I hope for the, those that came in a little bit later, you found something to write with. We have a few questions we are going to answer uh, for our first session today. Uh, for those of you who came in late, uh, I will not repeat Today's session tomorrow, we will build on everything throughout the week. So if you can't be here, find a buddy to say, listen, I need some of your notes because you're going to miss some good stuff. If you miss a day, you, you're just going to, I'm telling you, you're going to miss some good stuff. So don't miss a day. Okay. All right. All right. So here's the first question. Uh, what are we trying to accomplish through Sabbath school? Just write down. Don't overthink it. I, and I'm going to ask some of you to share your answer whatever your role is, maybe you're a children's leader or, or superintendent or teacher, just tell me what your answer is. What are we actually trying to accomplish? I'll give you a second to do that. Yes, sir. My accomplishment right now would be to get the parents, to get the children to staff. Okay, all right. That would be an accomplishment that would be great. All right, but what my, I want to, I want to. That's not your question. No, no, but you're going in the right direction. Overall, I want to know, at, at, at what are, write it down because I'm going to ask you to give it to me in just a second. You want to give me your answer now? To teach for the students to change thoughts. Okay, all right. So y'all want to give me the answers now. I don't want you to give me the answers yet, so <laughs> just hold on. I want to get a few more questions in. All right, so I take it you have that one down. All right, here's the second question. Uh, I want to know, who are we trying to attract to Sabbath school? Don't say everyone. That's not allowed. I want, I want you to think it through. Let's be intentional. Who are we actually trying to attract to come to our Sabbath school? Huh? <laughs> she, she asked, why is saying everyone is the wrong answer? The, the reason I don't want that, because I want us to think about it. Like, like if, you, if you go to like a major sporting event in a, in a city, everything they do is intentional at these big events. Like, like from the time you get on the grounds, someone thought through, this is what we're going to do to attract whoever they're trying to attract. If it's a rock concert or a football game or, or whatever it is, they think through who we're trying to attract. And I just want us to do that. Uh, we do, of course, want everyone. We wouldn't turn anyone away. Yes? I think you're trying to say if you try to hit everything, you'll hit nothing. I like the way you put that. And let me just add to that. 
oh, oh, I should have told you this earlier. I apologize. I did not tell you this earlier. I will definitely offend somebody throughout the week. <laughs> I should have made that clear earlier. Okay, so forgive me that you didn't get a heads up. So I'm just, just save that for later. I'm not going to do that now. Um, but I will say this, that if we keep doing the same thing, we're going to get what result? Same result. And we can beg people till we're blue in the face and nothing's going to change. We're going to have the same people next Sabbath and the next Sabbath. All right, so you answered that question. I'm going to be curious to get your answers in just a second. Here's the next one. How should we attract them? Whatever you put down for number two, I want to know, give me some ideas. What do you think we should do to attract your number two answer? That's a tough one. All right, I see there's still a few people writing. All right, so our first question was, what are we trying to accomplish? The second question was, who are we trying to attract? And the question we're on right now, how should we attract them? Give it your best shot. All right, and I'll give you another second, and we'll come back if you, if you run out of time for that. All right, here's the second. This is the easiest question you're going to have all week. What are you doing extremely well at your church? Find something. Tell me, write down something. Even if it's just we, come, we start on time. Just give me something that we're doing extremely well at my church in Sabbath school. That's going to be too easy. You're going to, you're going to run out of room on your paper. <laughs> so I, let me get you to a harder one. All right, let's get to a harder question. What area needs the most improvement? If you could just have your way at your Sabbath school, what area needs the most improvement? Okay, all right, uh, let's get some answers. Let's get some answers. All right, first question was, what are we trying to accomplish? What are some of the things that, what did what, what, you put down? Relationship to Christ and others. So through Sabbath school, you're hoping that we build relationships. Right, with Christ Yes, I saw you. So through Sabbath school, we're going to disciple people. Wow, that's interesting. I love that. Yes. What did somebody else write? What did you write? Yes. Spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. So if I attend ideally... If I attend Sabbath school, it should help me grow spiritually, which would probably mean that Sabbath school is more than just repeating what I already know every week, right? It would probably challenge me. It would need what? You need the Spirit. You need the Spirit. So it just can't be a dry... Right. You have to have the Holy Spirit 
I love that. I love that. Y- yes, sir. Oh, wow. So, so that tied in with the first one, right? Okay. I'm going to just say, because we know it's with people too. Anybody else? What are we trying to accomplish? What did you put? Relationship. Okay. Yes. You have something else. Yeah. I put, I'm trying to build a circle of teachers that will function when somebody is absent. Oh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> so you need, a, you need a team spirit there, I guess. And uh, we'll probably spend some time talking about mentoring the next generation and things we could do to help that process along. Uh, And I'm sure we'll spend some time on uh, our team, building our teams up. Um, I'll I'll make a note to make sure we cover that. All right, anybody else want to share what you have? So that's all we're trying to accomplish? That's some good stuff, though. Spiritual growth, relationships with each other and Jesus, discipleship. Uh, change the mindset of the teachers. What are you talking about? Oh. Okay. Uh, you, you yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Deeper study in the why. There, there must be a method to the madness, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and, okay, so, so we know that this is what we're, tr- we're trying to accomplish. We're not always successful in doing this, right? We get stuck on making sure this happens. Um, and nothing happens unless we are intentional for it to happen. It's not good enough to say, well, we just throwing some stuff up on the wall and hope somebody gets saved, hope somebody learns something. There has to be some thought put into it, right? Amen. Uh, and, and to disciple people means that I must be a part of the discipleship process myself. It's not me trying to get y'all to be like, me, we're all in this together, right? I'm trying to be more like Christ, and I'm trying to help you in that process. Yes. I want to challenge you on this statement. Please. You said it's understood the first relate with each other. I disagree. I, I said what? I'm sorry. Well, when we talk about relationships. Oh, okay. Jesus, he said with each other is understood. Unfortunately, many because I had a hard time accepting the Adventist Church from what I experienced in the Baptist. The contrast. Oh. It is very vivid to me. Oh, I see. Because the relationship with each other is extremely... I've been to many Adventist churches where they stress relationships to Jesus, but not to each other. Interesting. I'm going to tell you another war story in just a few minutes. i got a great war story. Okay. All right. That was good. All right. Uh, next question was, uh, who are we trying to attract? Oh, I want to know what you put for that. Yes. What did you put? Young people. Young people. Children. I, Children, I love that. Uh, if we don't attract a younger crowd, we're in trouble. I told you at the beginning. Senior Citizen Hour can only go on for so long. 
We don't get some young blood in there, yes. Sinners. Sinners. That's everybody, right? Even among the adults, I think there are all the adults, they all get the same thing, they just sort of divide it numerically. Different different adults have different needs, have different mindsets. I mean I come yeah. from an academic background yes. and I feel a real burden for academia. Yes. I mean, academia is sort of uh, you can go check something, you can go to our regular class if you're willing to turn your brains in at the narthex. I'm not being critical of what was being covered, but as far as they ask questions which would blow people's minds of other things. And they ought to be encouraged to ask those difficult questions. Yes. Yes, sir. This lady right here beside me said the so what, and then you, didn't, you didn't write that down, but I think that's so important. I didn't write so what? I just wrote what? Why? I wrote why, and you why? said so what? It's the so what factor. I mean, and what did you mean by that? What, is, what does that mean? What does that mean to my life? Yeah. Oh, the relevance of what's going on. Absolutely. Anything that you're talking about in the yes. Sabbath school class, you need to step back and say, so what? Yes. About halfway through the class and say, you know, so what? And that is the job of who to figure out the so what? Everybody. I'm going to say it's the job of the teacher. The teacher needs to have a, 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 a yes. path before he asks that, but it still needs to be asked. We're going to talk about takeaways, like like when we talk about how we're going to facilitate. You know, they don't want us to be called teachers anymore. We should be called facilitators, right? Okay, so I'm old school. I'm going to say teachers anyway, but I understand the concept. But I should have a takeaway, like what is the purpose of the class? Are we just here to talk about what we already know, that people already know it? There's, I should be taking my class on a journey. That's what Jesus did, right? It, it, was, it was always a reason why he was telling a story. It wasn't just the talk or the filibuster time, right? Yes, sir. I would like to see more of our missing members in our class. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, missing members. Uh, But let me give you let me give you another side of the discussion on this, which your point is valid. In some instances, the reason that people are missing is because they don't find value in it. So even though you are kind to me and call me up and say, Curtis, we miss you. If I don't find value, I'm not going to come and sit for an hour and a half just because I like you. So, that's so what, exactly. So, when we talk about, uh, let me just throw this in here before I forget, because I start forgetting things now if I don't get them out. One of the best ways to attract missing members is to do something. Is that what I'm talking about? Have a mission project that's meaningful outside of the church and say, hey, we're doing this. I'm going to tell you some of my own experience. We started a Sabbath school class. And uh, this is back before everybody was doing it. We were doing uh, homeless feeding, downtown Atlanta. You know, it's a big issue in downtown Atlanta. So on Friday nights, 
all the different members of the class in their own home, not at the church, would make sandwiches and stuff like that, you know? And we would go downtown before church and distribute food. No, it's not that, not that involved in the project. People who used to come to Sabbath school heard what we were doing and said, I want to participate in what you're doing. They really weren't interested in Sabbath school. They liked that we were doing something, and lo and behold, they ended up back in Sabbath school. Amen. They wouldn't have came if I just said, come. So I mentioned earlier and that every class should have a mission project. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the cradle roll. We should be teaching our children from early age that it's more than just about us, right? That our life should be that. Okay, all right, so who are we trying to track? I heard some good things. I heard youth. Sinners, uh, <laughs> that's everybody. Anybody else? What'd you put? I also put who God calls. Who God calls. Uh, you found good ways to get around at everyone. <laughs> Very creative. Okay. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Honest in heart. I love that. Sabbath school should be like a magnet for them. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. I work at UG Pines, and they have two courses in training there: lifestyle education, lifestyle counseling. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle education is the first course. Once you graduate that, you go into lifestyle counseling. If you don't have lifestyle educators, you can't have lifestyle counselors. And so the youth really have to be brought in. Yes. And discipled so that they can continue their yes. process along. Oh, I love that. Um, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be intentional about mentoring. Uh, I was at a church once and somehow we got on the subject of having having the teenagers help teach the weekly lesson. Just, just do a small segment of it. And this particular person, though they did not speak for the entire church, I'm just telling you the sentiment that this person expressed, was that we cannot do that because the youth aren't serious about religion. I'm just telling you what was expressed. And they were very adamant about that, that, that they weren't spiritual enough. And, 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 and from the time our children are in cradle roll, we line them up in chairs and we talk at them. We just line them up. As they, as they get older, we get bigger chairs. Right? And they're still in a row of chairs and we're just doing this. The best teen class that could ever be held is one where the teens run their own class. If you want to know what a great teen class is, it's one where the teens are running it. And the teacher is just making sure that, you know, you, need, you got everything ready. You're ready for this week. You got your participation. What do you need to make this work? Because if they don't have some type of ownership in the church, when they're 18, they're out the door. They've just been spectators all their lives. So we need to get them involved early. I remember I was wanted to be a Sabbath school teacher. I joined this church. I wanted to be a Sabbath school teacher. I know God had given me a gift for teaching. I've been teaching for years. You know Oak Haven? You ever heard of Oak Haven before? I used to teach at Oak Haven years ago in different places. And I went to this church, and I said, I really want to, I want to teach Sabbath school. I mean, they knew me. Like, like my uncle's a pastor. They knew me. So this one particular person, after I begged and begged and begged, they said, well, you could just sit in my class. And, you know, after a while, I'll let you become a teacher. One month turned into two months. 
two months turned into three months that I figured out they really didn't want me to teach. They just wanted to have another member of the class. We have to take a chance on people. Even if they don't do a good job, let's just get started, okay? All right, so who else are we trying to track? I heard some good things. I'm going to say that we must be intentional for attracting the 21 to 45-year-old age group. If we don't get those, we're in trouble. And if I don't have good children's classes, I'm not going to attract them. I don't care how good the program is. I don't care how good the teachers are for the adults. If my children's classes are not top-notch, a lot of those people just aren't going to come. They're not going to bring Timmy and Sally out for that. Some churches do a great job. I mean, it's just you go into their classrooms and they're just, they're just brightly decorated. and It's just wonderful. It's like, wow. But I've gone to some classes where there's an old file cabinet. We put tables in there. We call it a multi-purpose room. I know it. Just not on the adult portion. We put it with the kids. They don't really care. We won't put it in the sanctuary, though, I bet. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so we need to attract some younger people. We do want everyone to come. And I'm going to share a story here. After I want to hear. How should we attract them? What did you put? Yes. Oh, having outstanding programs and yes. their I love that. Making it a value. Yes. And one of the questions we're going to ask is coming up later. Is it worth my time to come to Sabbath school? You can't shame this generation into coming. That might work on our generation, but you could you could get up every Sabbath and, and, and tell people, listen, y'all should be here on time. They know they're late. That's not going to change unless they feel there's value for them. Yes. Are you sensitive to their hurts and questions? All right. Good, good point. That's a good way to try people. Be sensitive. Anybody else? What did you put? Anybody want to share? Yes. Personal attitude about the class yourself. What does that mean? Meaning if you don't have a, a strong want to be there yourself. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, the youth are not going to want to be there too. Yes. So you need to have that spark, something that says, hey, yeah. this is fun and energetic and yeah, because if you're not excited about your class, exactly. chances are nobody else is going to be excited about the class. I'm going to tell you this is what happened to me. This, let's see, what state? I got to make sure I don't tell on anybody. Uh, my wife and I went out of town to visit some some family. We did not go to do Sabbath school training, but. Even though I was superintendent of the largest, one of the largest churches in our entire denomination, I want to go to churches and see what they're doing so I could maybe learn something to take back to my team. I can say, Sister Ellaby, I saw this in the lower division, or I saw this as, as they did the program. So I said, I want to go to church, to the church in the town. Uh, you got to be careful. I go to the church in the town to... <laughs> SDA. Uh, so, so I got there early because Sabbath school people are always early. I thought, I thought most of the church would say amen. Okay. I got there early, but I was too early. And listen, one of the big things that all visitors are concerned about is being embarrassed. You got to keep that in mind. When we're dealing with visitors, 
They don't want to be embarrassed. So if you have them stand up and give their name, if you feel it, I've gone to some churches where they, they bring the mic to you. They want to know your name, where you're from, what's your social security number, what's your W-2. Yeah, yeah, it's just too much information. Yeah, are you single? Yeah, especially to men, are you single? Uh, and like, I'll stand up. My wife's kind of, she don't want that. She don't want to, she just, you know, acknowledge her and keep it moving. Uh, but just some of those things. So I got there early. I waited till some more cars came. Some more cars came, and I went inside the church. It was a very attractive church. Maybe been about a dozen people in there. I think they were singing or something. I'm not sure. So I took a seat, and I sat down. And um, a few minutes later, the, the superintendent came in. That day, he was late. In his defense, I don't know why he was late. Legitimate reason, I'm sure. Flat tired, child sick, wife sick. I'm stating the fact. He was late. He came in. He put his stuff on a little podium, and uh, he started his program. And there was a lady back, like back on the wall. And he said, oh, "It's so good to see Sister Mary back." And I guess she had maybe been out sick. I'm not sure. I thought it was a nice touch, and and he never welcomed a visitor. So I'm thinking maybe because he came late, he was just out of his normal pattern. Uh, so that's fine. He didn't welcome a visitor. So, so it was time for lesson study and everyone got up and went to their class at this particular church. That's how they did it. But when everyone got up, I was left sitting there by myself. I think I'm the only visitor there that day. So everyone got up, they went to their class and I'm sitting there thinking, what is going on here? And, fi- and thankfully, a teacher happened to come over where I was sitting who happened to be teaching right there. So that was good. And another lady sat down, so it was like, you were me, and she was the lady sitting next to me. And he was a teacher. So he shook my hand, said, oh, glad to see you. From that point on, he never once looked me in the eye again. Now, just two of us were in the class to start. So when he said, can I get somebody to read Monday's lesson, he kept looking at her. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> so finally, some more people came in. It wasn't so obvious, and we made it through the class. And then after class was over, everyone got up and went back to their seats. No one from the Sabbath department came over and said, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? No one. So you know what I said to myself? I said, self, I'm not staying. I got up. I walked out. No one from Sabbath school said anything. I walked out. I got up to the floor. I said, oh, I, I need to just, let me, they, I need to at least look at what, how they decorate the children's classrooms. So I went to the lady who was at the hostess stand. I don't know if she was the hostess. I was a visitor, but she was standing there. I said, ma'am, can you tell me where the children's classes are? She said, I think they're down that way. <laughs> and yes, that's what she said. And, I, and the door I went to was a broom closet. So I, obviously I went to the wrong door. So I just left. Now, as a loyal Seventh-day Adventist, during the Sabbath school time, I had my, my it, then it was, is, is, is Sabbath school offering more than $2 now? How high is Sabbath school offering now? Is it five? <laughs> what, what do most people put in the plate for Sabbath school? Still about dollar has it gone up? All right. Well, I have my loyal Sabbath school offering. I put that in. 
But as a good Seventh-day Adventist, you know when you're visiting, you have to have an offering for the 11 o'clock service, right? Guess where my 11 o'clock service money went? It went back to the car with me. And churches are begging for money and finances, and how we interact with people affects that. I just throw that in. So I told you I went there to learn. Oh, I learned a lot that day. I learned a lot that day. I learned a lot, and, and of course, I learned a lot of things not to do. This is my philosophy on Sabbath school. This is what I, I'm just letting you know where I'm coming from for the rest of the week. Everything we do in Sabbath school should be done from the eyes of a visitor. The way we teach, the way the church looks, the way we run our programs, it should be done from the eyes of visitors. Now, here's one of those things that I, that's probably going to offend somebody. I'll try to fix this up. I'm going to try to fix it up on, after I say it, okay? Allow me to say it. As a Sabbath school leader, my, oh, that's too harsh. I have to find a nicer way to say it. As a Sabbath school leader, I'm not really concerned what y'all think about Sabbath school. Because y'all are going to come no matter how bad it is. You're going to be sitting there every Sabbath. I don't have to even think about what you're worth. I'm trying to figure out what would make a visitor want to come to Sabbath school. How can I get my granddaughter, your grandson, your daughter, your son? What would make it valuable for them? Not so much what do we like. Amen. All right. So, so everything, because I want to know, I want to know what they see. I want to know what they hear. I told you when you used to come into my church, it was Bedlam. The only person that benefited was the teacher because he was the only one who could hear. No one else could hear what was going on. It was sad, right? Because I'm trying to figure out what's happening up here in their brain, right? So now at my church, we do two welcomes. I don't want it to happen to me, happen to someone else. We do a welcome when Sabbath school starts. Then after the lesson study and our superintendent comes back up to close out, they do one more welcome. Some churches say, well, we don't get visitors. You know what my word is for that? Pray for visitors. Don't bemoan the fact. He said, listen, you don't have because you don't ask. And, oh, I can't say that. That's too harsh. I love you. That's too harsh. Okay, so, so here's, here's my number one secret for attracting people. And, and you're going to just think I'm very profound. So I, I want to just try to be humble when I say this. I, I don't want you to you know, think that I'm, that I'm a genius because I came up with this. I'm going to try to be humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm not sure I'm going to be successful. <laughs> but I discovered the number one secret to growing Sabbath school. And here it is right here. I'm, I'm, I have to do a great reveal. Yeah, that's what I really need. A great reveal. Here it is. It's coming. We just need to be... For some places, it's hard. There's a saying, be nice first. Be nice first. Listen, now maybe you don't have this issue in your church, but many of our people have a mean side Mm -hmm. that, that we are so used to defending the Sabbath that we're defensive about everything. 
We just can't allow people to grow. We, we just, we just, mm. if something's not right with the church, we're just, mm. I'm telling you, Jesus attracted people because he was, they, they felt safe around them. It wasn't that he was sugarcoating the truth. That, that's why the parents rushed to Jesus to take their children to bless them. Not because he was stern and he was, they, were, they saw the love and compassion. So if we would just concentrate on being nicer to people, that would help us along the way. Kindness, interest. When we talk about relationship growing, sometimes it's just saying, hi, what's your name? Where you're from? Uh, you don't have to ask me all kind of personal information, but show that you really are interested in me, okay? All right, any questions about that? Anybody know what time it is? Yeah. What time is it? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. So we get out at six o'clock. <laughs> what time? Three minutes still. All right, so we have another, we have another few minutes, yes. To me, what far in the Sabbath school class I neglected to mention, it should be, as you said, safe. Yes. A person has to be safe to bear themselves without censor. Yes. And if you have a class that likes to debate, and hopefully none of you have that. That's not a safe environment uh, because a visitor won't understand. Like if you and Brother James like to talk about faith and works every week, I don't really know what y'all are arguing about. I'm just a visitor. I just, I just, you beg me to come out to your, your church and I'm just here. I don't really know what y'all are arguing about. So we have to have a safe environment. I'm going to tell you a great story about that in a little while. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have that authority. Authority. Mm-hmm. Authority saying, no, this will not happen. Oh, 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 oh man, I got a, oh, I got a great, I'm going to make sure we do this. I got a great chapter in here on hijacking. I got a whole section on hijacking. You know what hijackers are. I don't know if y'all have hijackers. Most churches I go to, there's people that just take over the class every week. Sometimes it's the teacher hijacking themselves, though, unfortunately. But we're going to talk about that for sure. Okay, let's uh, race on before we run out of time. Uh, what are we doing well? Oh, you can toot your horn now. All right, so we have another 15 minutes, right? Great. What are we doing well? You ran out of paper on this one, yes. Improvising. So you guys improvise on the fly, right? Yeah, like whatever I'm thinking that I can pull in to use to help the kids learn. Yes. That's what I use. I love that. We need more people like you. Yes, sir, first you. The, the churches that I've been in and have been very warm and welcoming. Yes, so yes. that's one of the yes. strengths that I've seen in the churches I've been Yes. And, and, you know, I've gone to churches where I don't remember anything. I don't remember the pastor's name. I don't remember what he preached about. All I remember is that was a nice church. They were so nice. Yes, yes. And then I saw, yes. We offered actually three options for Sabbath school. Okay. And the adults. We have foundations, which is goes over the I heard about that, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then we have the, um, the applications class for the Bible for the Sabbath quarterly. Okay. And then the kids, we have, um, we just started this next this last year, a kids' place. The beginners have their own, you know, little prayer world. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, they go into, we put a facade of the house. And oh, they wow. And you know, plan that until Sabbath school starts. And then they, they move through like a vacation Bible school. They have an opening exercise and move into another room for crafts, another food room. This is every Sabbath? Every Sabbath. What church is this? Monroe. I'm going to Monroe Church. <laughs> the kids love it. Oh, my. 
I love that. Uh, it, did I miss who's hand? Yes, yes. What are, you, what are we doing well? Well, I teach the juniors, and I think the juniors in primary, the younger ones are just the most fun to be teaching. But interaction with the kids, they, they get off the lesson study yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And with me, it's just fine. And with the, like the lady in front of us, improvise whatever they're talking yeah. about. I never want to say, no, no, no. I yeah. want to say, yes, you're right. Yes. And, but you can still know how to turn that back to Yes, and as facilitators, even in children's classes, our job is to guide the lesson discussion yeah, yeah. to a safe conclusion, though. Yeah. I'm not just wandering. No. I'm taking them someplace. Was your hand up? Yeah. Okay, what are we doing well? What they posit is this small, in some ways, dysfunctional congregation, a dying congregation. But one thing which is strong, you know, they have strong, you know, personal standards, mm -hmm. but Regardless of who walks in, they're embraced. Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah, they don't judge and say, yeah, you're naughty, naughty, naughty. No. Uh, did I see Mr. Hand, someone's hand over there? What are we doing well? That's it. We ran out of stuff? Yes. Our church is a little bit different. Okay. Well, what they do in there is, is everybody brings something to eat. Oh, I like that. Everybody who is, is invited to stay for, for, for dinner afterward. I love that. People love food. <laughs> I love food. If I had an unlimited budget... I would serve breakfast every Sabbath morning. Every Sabbath morning. I, a friend of mine, their church, they have, I don't know quite how they do it logistically, but they have, I forget the term they call it, where they sit around and eat and have Sabbath school. Uh, but they have a facility that could do that. Yes? You mentioned feed the homeless. Yes. Once a month, our Sabbath school, the uh, applications mm -hmm. uh, with the only members feed the homeless. Okay. Yes. It's the best way to attract people. Do something. Uh, yes, sir. Um, all, almost all my teachers seem to balance out the involvement in the class. Okay. They don't, they don't favor this person or yeah. this person or this person. Yeah. They do an amazingly well job about balancing out this person to get to have yeah. this much input, this person to get... I mean, that's just really... I've, yeah, I've, that's a skill. That way for a while. Uh, that's a good skill to have. Uh, and, I, I, and I'll talk about it, but I, I write about different personalities that are in a lot of classes. And there's some personalities, when you know they raise their hand, it's going to be a long time before they stop talking. <laughs> and it takes a skillful, you know, to kind of balance that out and to draw out of the shyer people uh, how to participate. And uh, we'll cover some of that throughout this week. Anybody else? You don't have it? That's all the good stuff we could come out with. Okay. Yes, sir. How you do that, though? You try to get them all involved somehow? Sometimes, sometimes I just say, what do you think about this? <laughs> okay. Everybody's got an opinion. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, Except if you're to do that with my wife, uh, she'd climb up and run out. Yeah. I, I generally, now, if you know your class, you know your class. You know what you can get away with in your class. But I generally, when I teach, I never call on people. I always ask for volunteers. And one of the things that we'll talk about as, um, when we start spending more time as facilitators, we do a lot of Bible reading when I teach Sabbath school. So I'll always ask for a volunteer to read because some people will never raise their hand to give an answer or a comment, but they'll say, well, I'll read. And they feel like they were part of the, the whole class. So 
And then there's some people that are shy. I'll just kind of look at them, let you know I see you. But I'm not going to embarrass you. Because you could be talking to me, and I'm really thinking about, man, I am hungry. I wonder what time this thing is over with. And you think I'm zoned in on the class. <laughs> I'm thinking about dinner time. Okay? Uh, and what needs the most improvement? This is the hard. Yes, sir. I wish that every church had a youth pastor because in oh. 30 years of teaching Pathfinder, I can count on zero hands the number of times a path. Uh, pastor came down to interact mm. with those kids. Mm. And even the pastor we have now go to youth camp and work with them, but when it comes down, mm. he don't even know basically the names of the kids. Mm. So I think that if the leader is not, Im- not impressed or know the kids, mm. what are the kids thinking about the church? Mm. Mm. I'm glad you said that, not me. Yeah. Uh, so when y'all quote that, y'all quote the gentleman in the cap said that. <laughs> <laughs> don't give your name just walk out let me and i'm glad he raised an interesting point sabbath school is it is it is a struggle to grow sabbath school if your pastor is engaged and attends sabbath school you're ahead of the game there are a lot of churches unfortunately where the pastors don't support sabbath school i mean they say they do but they they don't attend sabbath school so if your pastor's there that is a big Plus, and like the gentleman was saying there, their interest in these different groups makes a huge difference for the morale of the team as well. Yes. I have a question. Apparently one time in the Adventist church, they, they, had, to, they had to encourage people to stay for the 11 o'clock service. Sabbath really? was bigger than the 11 o'clock And Ellen White said they, they ought to stay for the, for the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> I like so big. Yes. And, and people just got through a Sabbath school and they'd go home and you had, you, had to, you had to really teach present truth to them you know, to stay for the 11 o'clock service. Boy, wouldn't that be something. Uh, I have a theory about that, that if we, if we, if you, if you read the writings of Ellen White on how we are to conduct church, it looks more like Sabbath school. I can, I can show you quotes where she said the members should not expect a sermon every Sabbath. In most of my churches, it would be a riot if the pastor doesn't preach. We're talking about Bible study. We don't do that now. Preach. So uh, if it looked more like Sabbath school, I, I would, in some parts of the world, Sabbath school is greatly attended. In North America, we are having an issue. And my wife and I, we've been to England and London three times. They're having the same issues. I long for the day where that is a reality. Yes, sir. Actually, if you look at the church worldwide, some churches that don't have the uh, worship service have, have Sabbath school. Absolutely. It, it, I, is my, here's my opinion. This is just my opinion. Sabbath school is the most important hour of the day. Yeah. Yeah. If we only had one hour on Sabbath, and I have anything to say about it, it's going to be Sabbath school. Now, it's not going to be somebody just getting up droning and saying, let's turn to this page. No, we're going to have... Listen, Sabbath school, the lesson portion, especially for our adults, we overcomplicate it. It's nothing but a big Bible study. That's what it is. Now, we can add all kind of phrases to it, but all I'm doing simply is having a Bible study with my church folk. Yeah, yes. Church I attend, when the pastor isn't there, rather than showing videos, the pastor said, just extend the Sabbath school. Oh. In other words, work hard. In other words, you, you give more material. Yeah. But you spend the 
uh, worship time. It, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else? What needs the most improvement? Anybody else want to go on the record? Yes. I mean, the purpose of being here, I'd like to see more, te- more teachers being trained. Yes. Taking advantage yes. of conference training sessions yes. and things of that mm-hmm. nature so that they can be better teachers and incorporate all the principles that we yes. Yes. In any other serious vocation, there must be continual growth. Right? Like, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't just say, well, s- since you learn how to run track and field, you don't have to like learn anything new. Or you were a dentist and you don't keep up with the cutting edge technology. I know, but somehow we've gotten to the point where, speaking of teachers, that, that, now there's two sides of the argument. Some of us don't know any better. This is all we know, all, this is all we've seen, is that somebody gets up and they lecture to people. So I, I get that. But I still should be drawn to grow. Unfortunately, I'll go to some churches, they'll invite me out, we'll come out, we'll have a good day, and when it's workshop time, half the teachers don't, they don't come. They say, I don't need training. I've been teaching for 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold it up. Now, I'm always recruiting at my church, large church, 2,000 people, I told you, large church. I don't even know some of the people sitting on the other side of the church, because I'm on this side of the church. But I'm always recruiting. And when I'm recruiting... And somebody says, I used, oh, oh, I used to teach Sabbath school. I, that's a red flag for me. <laughs> Number one, I want to know, is this a nice person? That's the first thing I want to know. I can teach you how to facilitate Sabbath school and have a good class. But I want to know, are you a nice person first? And we have to be open to change. Now, tomorrow, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about change. We're going to work through a program where we're where we can do anything we want and we're going to see how difficult it is to change what we're doing now. Because we all say, yes, I'm ready for change. And I say, okay, what kind of change do you want? The kind I want to do. The kind I want to do. So we're going to talk about that uh, tomorrow. Um, Pardon me? What was that? (laughs) Semicircle. Oh, I'm going to, I always rearrange my chairs. Uh, uh, to do that, yes. And uh, they'll be arranged, and Pastor Russell follows me, and I'm sure he'll be happy with however I leave the chairs. Uh, but tomorrow, it'll be a little bit more intimate. Uh, we had, was that our last question? Okay, oh, I'll just do that. We'll leave on this one. This is a great one. And if, you, if you're visually challenged, I'll read it for you. It's a whole new world out there with new playing field rules and players. Your choice is to either learn the new game or be the very best player in a game that is no longer being played. It's not good enough to say we've always done it this way. That's not good enough. That's not the game anymore. Times change. You know, listen, we, we used to like sell before cell phones came. And when they first started coming, if somebody like used the cell phone in church to look at their Bible, that was like, whoa, you shouldn't do that. Now everybody does it. We can tell children don't use your cell phone or we can find a way to incorporate that in what we're trying to do, right? Times are changing, right? So we have to be open to change. And we're going to start tomorrow on change. Are there any questions for me before we close? 
I thank you all for coming out. Like I said, I'll have this at the ABC a little, hopefully later today. If you do get a copy, I don't know what time we're going to do a book signing, but uh, I'll be happy to sign your book. It, it just makes my ego grow. Like, take a picture of me signing. Get my good side, make sure. Okay. But thank you all, and I hope to see uh, most of you, if not all of you, tomorrow. <laughs>